John chapter 12 and verse 24. Jesus is talking to his disciples and he's saying, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. This morning, we're going to be talking about the death of the dream, or the death of the promise. There was a man in the Word of God, in the book of Genesis. His name was Abraham. God called Abraham out from the country that he was in, and he told him to go into a different country and that he would make of Abraham a great nation. He called him out when he was 75 years old. And so Abraham obeyed. He went out and he journeyed into this land that God had called him to. But one of the promises that God had given to him at that time was that he would make a great nation from him. But the years went by and he had no children. His wife... Uh, was barren, and she just was not, and it just was not possible for them to have children. And they kept getting older and older and older. And eventually, Sarah said, "Well, you know, we we don't have any children, so take my handmaid, basically marry her as a, a second wife, and we'll have a child from her." she realized that she wasn't able to have children. And so, on their own backs, they tried to fulfill the promise of God themselves. And they tried to basically go a different way to try to make God's promise come true. And the, this, uh, this handmaid did have a child, and uh, they called his name Ishmael. And time went on, and he grew up, and God came and talked to him again. He came and he basically gave the same promise that he gave before. He, he said that, Abraham, you're going to have a child. And it's not going to be Ishmael. It's going to be a child from your wife. And it's going to be the way that I planned it in the beginning. And there was a bit of disbelief. And by the time uh, that God had, um, I believe he, he repeated it twice, by the time he repeated it the second time, Abraham was 99 years old. It had been 24 years that, um, that since God had called him out of that land and had promised him that a great nation would come from him. 24 years that he still remained childless from his wife. And God said that it's still going to happen. Sarah was a bit, well, she laughed when she heard that what was going to happen because she didn't believe that she was able to still bear children. She herself was 90 years old, uh, or 89 at that time. But God came and visited them, and exactly as he had promised... He gave them a child when they were 90 and 100 years old. Now, 
that is impossible by men's way of reckoning. You don't have children at that, that point in time. But with God, nothing is impossible. With God, if God has given you a promise, then you can hold on to that promise. No matter how much it seems to be impossible, and especially how impossible it seems to become. Because God is the only one that we can truly count on to fulfill all of his promises. See, we can try to make God's promises come true in our own strength, but it will always be by God's timing and by his plan when the promise comes. There will be a time, if God has given you any significant promise, that that promise will die. That you will think that the time has come past, come and passed and, and gone, and it's now no longer possible for this thing to happen that God has promised me. But in the fullness of time, God will bring to pass what he has promised. You can always count and trust in that. Abraham's son, Isaac, grew up. And he, there came a time where God told Abraham to go and sacrifice his son to him. And that was something that was unusual. God isn't into human sacrifice. But God was testing Abraham. This was his only son and the only son of the promise. But God told him to go and sacrifice his son to him. So he went up into the mountain that God had told him to go, and he took the wood, he took um, basically everything that he needed except for a sacrifice. And his son was a little bit, well, maybe concerned by the fact that there was no sacrifice. He was saying, Father, here's the, the wood, here's everything that we need to make a sacrifice, but where is the sacrifice? And Abraham said prophetically, said, my son, God will provide himself a sacrifice. And when they got to the top, Abraham bound his son and was about to plunge the knife into him when God stopped him and God caused him um, and God basically brought a different sacrifice. He, there was a, a ram caught in the thickets and God uh, got him to sacrifice that instead of his son. See, there was a death there in Abraham of the promise. He was going to sacrifice his only son, the son that God had promised there would be a nation come from him. That was his only son of the promise. That was the only son that God had promised would come a nation from his own bowels. But this was the son that God had told him to go and sacrifice, to go and kill, to go and and, uh, and basically destroy that promise, that dream that God had given to him. But God provided a different sacrifice. At the very last moment, God made sure that there was a different sacrifice to be offered. When we look at Joseph in the Bible a little bit later, Joseph was a man who had physical dreams. God... Uh, gave him prophetic dreams of the future. His first dream was that, well, basically that sheaves were, were bowing down to him. And his brothers knew what the dream meant. 
that the sheaves were basically his brothers and that his brothers were going to bow down to him at one stage. Now, he was, uh, he was um, one of the youngest sons in, in, uh, in that family. But they were very, well, they weren't very happy that, uh, they, that he had had this dream because it was a prophetic dream that they realized that they were going to bow down to him in this dream. So they got very angry with him. And then he had a second dream in that the sun and the moon and the stars all came and bowed down to him. And his father got a bit angry with him at that because he knew that it meant that he himself, the father being, being the sun, the mother being the moon, and the stars being his brethren, that they were all going to bow down to him. And so his father basically rebuked him at that stage. But God had given him these dreams. And the, his, his brethren got so jealous that they sold him into slavery. And you can only imagine what's going through his mind. He's been promised this great promise from God, but now he's a slave. How can anyone bow down to a slave? And he goes through and, and he becomes, and he does everything diligently within the house of Potiphar. And he, he grows and, and becomes the greatest among the servants and the slaves, and so that he's only under Potiphar himself. He has great skill and, and he uses it and, he, and, he, and he, he does everything the right way. And I'm sure that at that time he was thinking, well, maybe this promise can come to true now. Maybe this promise can come true. Maybe it will come from, from being under Potiphar and, and God will do something from that. But then his, his wife, Potiphar's wife, tried to seduce uh, Joseph then blamed him for it, and he got put into prison. And place of no hope. How is anyone going to come and bow down before a prisoner? Someone in the lowest prison, someone who has no hope of coming out again. But Joseph, once again, just did all that he could. And I'm sure that there was a time there where the dream died, where he realized that nothing was going to happen, that he wasn't going to come out that this promise could not possibly come to pass that God had promised him. But he kept doing what he knew to do. He became head over all of the, the prisoners. Um, he was diligent. He, he, there was something in him that caused him to, to rise up and, and, be, and uh, just do his best. And that became recognized. And so he was head over all of the prisoners, um, in, in a sense. And... What happened after that was that two of the prisoners had a dream. They were both uh, servants, or had been servants to Pharaoh, but both had been put into prison. One had a dream um, that was interpreted that he would be, go back into and serve Pharaoh again. The other had a dream that was interpreted as him being uh, killed by Pharaoh. And those dreams came to pass, um, I think, the very next day. But the man who went back into Fer to be Pharaoh's servant again, he forgot all about Joseph. And so Joseph is there in the prison. He'd ask, you know, please remember me to Pharaoh um, when, when you get back. And there he is waiting again for years. And, and once again, the hope that he had had, maybe I'll be brought before Pharaoh, maybe I'll be able to, to actually get this dream fulfilled. Maybe God will be able to fulfill this dream in this way. But he forgot about Joseph. 
And again, Joseph went back to the same state, being in the prison. Eventually, um, Pharaoh had a dream, and no one could interpret it. And finally, the, this, uh, this, this baker uh, of, of Pharaoh's, he, he, re- he remembered. He said, oh, hang on, there was a man who interpreted my dream and a dream of someone else in the prison, and they both came to pass. And then Pharaoh brought him out, and God gave him the interpretation of the dream, and then he became second only under Pharaoh. And eventually there was a famine in the land. His brethren came, and they, they bowed down before Joseph, not knowing who he was. And then eventually um, his father, his brethren all came at the same time, and they all bowed down once again. God gives dreams, and God makes those dreams, causes those dreams to come to pass. If God has promised it, if God has given you a dream, if God has given you a promise, then you can count on it. It doesn't matter how many years it has been since that promise has been given to you. It doesn't matter how many times that you failed the Lord in between. It doesn't matter what has happened and whether the dream seems to be impossible to happen anymore. God will make His promises to come to pass in His time. When Jesus was walking on the earth, He was the Messiah and His disciples recognized and knew Him as the Messiah. But with all of the prophecy in the Old Testament, it was easy to believe that Jesus being the Messiah was going to come and deliver them from the Romans. And many of his disciples believed that. Jesus was going to deliver them out from the hand of the Romans who were oppressing the land of Israel. But it came to... Everything came to a head and Jesus was betrayed, crucified and put into the grave. And... Talk about the death of a dream. Talk about the death of a promise. But what they didn't realize was that that promise wasn't at that time. That promise was much later. And in fact, it still hasn't been fulfilled yet, but it will be in the near future. God gave that promise and God will cause it to come to pass. In Luke 24 and 21, it talks about um, there, there were two disciples that were, were traveling after the death of Jesus and they were talking among themselves and Jesus went and joined them, himself to that procession and, and was talking with them. And, that, and he's saying, what, why are you so sad? Why are you so unhappy? And, and, uh, and they, they basically said, well, don't you know what's been going on? We, and they said, don't you know that Jesus has, he came in, he was crucified and in verse 21 it says but we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel and beside all this today is the third day since these things were done their promise what they believed was going to happen had died with the death of Jesus but then Jesus talked to them he assured them he he spoke to them things that 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 encouraged them that lifted them up and by the end of it, they realized that it was Jesus himself. And they went their way rejoicing. 
when I went, oh, sorry, when I was in the Townsville Church, God, from a very early age, called me to be a minister. And um, I think I was uh, in my early teens, or maybe even earlier than that. I think it was even earlier than that, when God called me into the ministry. And many years passed, and um, the thing with ministry is that you don't try to make it come to pass yourself because then you're doing it in your own strength. And so you sit and you wait and you wait and you wait. And many years passed and finally uh, the pastor there started to make me an usher. Now, um, in, in the church in Townsville, uh, being an usher in the church meant that you were starting to be brought into the ministry. That was the first step. You become an usher, and then uh, you, you start um, preaching. You, you start doing other things in the church that is related to the ministry. And so I was made an usher, and I was thinking, well, um, you know, the Lord has, has uh, called me into the ministry, so, and, and uh, you know, I've, I've been patient, I've, I've waited, and... And this is the time. This is the time where God is going to start making me a minister, as he promised. But there was, I'm not sure how many months it was, and then the pastor came to see me and he said, he said, I want you to stand down, he said. I, I want you, I want to uh, make uh, some other men ushers. He said, I want to bring them through in the ministry. And he said, um, basically, I want you to sit down. And, uh, and that was a shock. That was something that was a bit hard to take. But through it all, um, I tried to keep a right spirit. And I believe that the Lord helped me to do that. And so I sat back down again and uh, watched as these other men were brought through into the ministry and God was using them. And then it uh, was only really... Um, probably about eight years ago, um, before I came over, that, that uh, I was really started to be brought back into the ministry. And that, that's a long time to wait. That's years and years and years. Um, from 13 to 34, uh, 33, 34, 35, that's a long time to wait when God has put a promise on your life. But God put the promise on my life. And he brought it to pass in his time and not in my own. People who try to get ahead of God, the people who try to fulfill the promise and say, this must be the time, or it's been long enough, surely now is the time, get into so much trouble. And because they're outside of God's will. I remember um, we had uh, Brother Bong and Sister Patricia Abud here in the church um, for quite a while and uh, they, they'd only been married for a few years and I know that I remember Sister Patricia talking after she came back from East Timor where they had been missionaries and she said you know I was here I had, had a child and uh, another one on the way and, uh, and she said I thought that I'd, I'd missed my opportunity to serve the Lord. 
I thought that the time had passed, that I had a family now, I have a husband, and I wanted to do something for God, but I thought the time had passed. I thought it wasn't possible anymore, but then God called them to East Timor, and God used them there. God will keep his promises, even when we think the time has passed. I know that with me and my wife Natalie, we wanted to have a child. And months, over a year passed, and we didn't have a child. And uh, I know that um, there were tests done, and the result of the test is that it may be difficult for us to have children. But God gave me a promise. In fact, um, there were three things I was asking and praying and fasting to the Lord about, and he answered all three at the same time. But God gave me a promise that we would have a child. And, uh, and I prayed more about it, and obviously about when that might happen. And I got from the Lord that it was going to be by the end of the year. And, and uh, it was fairly early in the year, and I was thinking, okay, well... Um, if, if we're going to have the child by the end of the year, it's going to have to be fairly soon. But that time came and it went. And I was thinking, well, okay, maybe the Lord meant that um, Natalie was going to get pregnant by the end of the year. And so the months passed and nothing happened, nothing happened, nothing happened. And we got to the end of the year. And the end of the year passed and nothing happened. And you talk about the death of a dream. God has promised you something. But then, it doesn't come to pass. The only thing I could do was to trust in the Lord. And so I trusted in Him even beyond what I believed. He had told me. And I sought the Lord about when it might happen. And all I got from him was soon. That it would be soon. But God works in a different way. See, soon to God could mean a month or a year or two years. God's timing is different to ours. So I did not know what soon meant. And... So I just trusted in the Lord. That's all he would tell me. And three months later, Natalie became pregnant. See, God, past the time of the promise, still gave the promise. Sometimes he's testing our faith. Sometimes he wants to see how much we will trust in him. Sometimes it's beyond the time of the promise. Sometimes it becomes impossible for that promise to come to pass. But God will still do what he has promised he will do. You see, the bigger the dream from the Lord, the more it will need to die before it comes to pass. Why is that? Why is there a time that it comes in our lives where 
we have a promise from the Lord, but it keeps going and it keeps going and it's not being fulfilled. Why does it need to die? Because that's when it shows and it proves to us without a doubt that we haven't fulfilled the dream ourselves, that we haven't made the promise to come to pass in our own strength, that it's only through the power of God. Because when it is impossible for us, it is possible with God. That it has always been, that it's all been, has always been Jesus who has brought it about. There's been no one else, there's been nothing else but Jesus himself. Sister Zdenko, if you could come to the piano, please. If God has given you a dream, it will come to pass. That's something you can count on. That's something that you don't have to lose faith or trust in. But that dream will need to die first. You see, the bigger the dream is, the more of an impossibility it will need to become. So that Jesus can step in when it seems like all is lost and show his awesome, infinite power. That comes with a proviso, though. You need to be sure that the dream is actually from God first. You see, sometimes we want to do something for God so bad that we create our own dreams. We create our own desires and we think that God has given them to us. But God doesn't fulfill those dreams. Those are our own personal desires. But if God has given you a dream, if it has come from God and you know that it has come from God, then don't ever let go. Even when it becomes seemingly impossible for it to come to pass. Or maybe that should be especially when it seems Im- becomes seemingly impossible for it to come to pass. You see, God is the God of the impossible. God is a God who will come in when nothing else can help. Genesis 18.14 it's talking about Sarah conceiving and having a child to Abraham. It says, Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Abraham, it's not according to the way that you tried to do it back in the past. When you tried to have a son outside of my will, but I'm going to do it the way that I said I would do it in the first place. Jeremiah 32, 17. Jeremiah is talking to God and he's saying, Our Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched out arm. And there is nothing too hard for thee. And God answers him back in Jeremiah 32, 27, saying, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? The answer being, no. There is nothing too hard for God. In Mark 10 and 27, it says, And Jesus, looking upon them, saith, With men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. And in Luke 1 and 37, it's talking about um, Elizabeth uh, the, uh, bearing the cousin of Jesus, saying that, she was barren, but she was with child. And in Luke 1, 37, it says, For with God nothing shall be impossible. 
The impossible is the realm where God works. The impossible is when Jesus steps in and does above all that we could ask or think. Hold on to your dream, the promise that God has promised you, even when and especially when it can't come to pass anymore. Put your faith and your trust in God like you never have before because that is when the miracle will happen. That is when God will bring it to pass. Maybe God has given you a dream. God has given you a promise and the years have passed and that promise has become dim. And maybe you've even given up on that promise saying, well, it can't have been God. Can't have been anything that it must have just been me. But if God has given you that promise, then it will come to pass. If you trust in Him, if you keep holding on to that promise, if your dream has died, if the promise has died in you, just like it did for Joseph, just like it did for Abraham, just like it did for Sarah, then now's the time to come and say, God, I believe in you. That promise that I've given up on you for, I'm not going to give up anymore. I'm going to come and I'm going to trust in you once again. I'm going to allow you to do the impossible in my life. I invite you to come to the altar. I invite you to talk to God and just renew that promise. And just say, God, I know you promised that to me. I lost faith. I lost trust in you, but now I just want to believe in you again because I know that you will bring it to pass. God has never lied to anyone yet. God has never lied to anyone in the Bible. God has always brought his promises to pass. And there are still some promises that God has promised that are in the future. But we can be trusting in him that they will come to pass because he has done everything that he's promised all the way through the Bible and all the way through people's lives. Won't you come? Won't you talk to God? And we'll pray with you and just renew that dream once again. Renew that promise. Thank you.